I ran yesterday, sent Erica a picture about a thousand porta potties, and I go, Well, if I ever had to take a dump while on a run, this is the place to be. <laughs> Mike, it was like porta the porta potty mecca. Like I've never seen so many. There were hundreds of porta potties. All I need to do is just shut the door so the cats don't bother me. Thank God. Getting pumped up for the podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of the On The Runs podcast. I'm looking at Erica getting ready in her room right there. The headphones are in the ears. She's inside her upstairs studio. Erica, what's going on? I'm really tired just from moving up the stairs. What the hell, man? (laughs) I'm losing my touch. (laughs) You were just cooking dinner. We were talking about Top Gun, and um, I don't know how that's going to work with our intro music because I was playing a little Danger Zone there, but hey, we'll just roll with it. What's new with you? Uh, not much. I'm exhausted. I've been doing some PT because I am in, what do they call it? An IPOS, an injured piece of shit right now. <laughs> so yeah, I've been having some hip pains and have been seeing a physical therapist. Shout out Connor at Nashua PT. What's up, Connor? Uh, yeah, but he's been helping me get back on track. I did some runs last week, feeling a little bit better. Ready to tackle uh, Anchor Down coming up. Anchor Down, what's the countdown? 11 days 11 days days the first and it's on yeah. the 11th right hey i got something it's on the 12th it's on the 12th okay <gasps> what are those Ooh, it's a box there, it's a box inside the box, <laughs> the box is what's inside the box what's in the box Ooh, dang man those are pretty yeah, I'm. Or, or wait, should I say handsome if they're dude ooh, shoes? Ooh, they are handsome. Yes, they're bright. I am. I'm going on the bright trend here with my running shoes. The last pair you just saw me get, they were like, mm-hmm. what would you call them? Bright blue, and this is. They had some purple on it too, didn't they? They had, and this has some purple on the back, but it's. I like the orange there. Yeah. Yeah. This came in. Um, this was an Amazon deal, actually. To be honest. Because oh, it was the last pair in the size, and it said, "Hey, you looked at this, and there's one pair left, and the price dropped like thirty bucks from the original oh, nice. on sale price." They just want to get rid of it. I had to buy a dishwasher door gasket off Amazon, and when I bought it, because my kitchen was a lake the other day, I was like, "Well, oh, yeah. I'm going to reward myself with new shoes. I need, I needed a few new pairs, so I got them. Look at that. That's Look at the sweet. bottoms. They're so nice and clean." All right, back in the box. Nice. So you had a pretty eventful weekend, didn't you? Oh, man. You tell everybody what you did. Oh, man. Okay, so this same weekend every year, I do the Sunrise Ascent on Mount Washington to raise money for adaptive sports. It was my ninth year, and the plan was to just drive up Saturday evening, camp on the base. Amanda was going to be there. Jenna was mm-hmm. going to be there. You know Jenna. You met her at Shamrock. Yep. So all Thursday, Ashley's birthday, that all changed. We decided to go camping. So we left late Friday evening and drove up to a campground in the area that has like 200 spots. We're like, easily we'll get one. Well, there was only two sites left and they were both oh, reserved wow. for the next day. So we got there at 11 p.m., drove at night because the babies sleep. We 
took the campsite for the night just to sleep. In the morning, we got up and we left. We towed the camper back with us and we went to Santa's Village. Oh, cool. We did Santa's Village on Saturday. Perfect weather. If anything, it could have been 10 degrees warmer and we would have probably spent two hours in the water park there. They have this epic, really nice water park for kids. It wasn't there when you and I were kids. Did you ever go to Santa's Village? I vaguely remember it. It's been a long time. Well, they got this really nice water park. They even have like uh, cabanas or whatever you call those little houses you can rent and hang out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a 90 degree day to do that, but it was perfect weather for up north doing this whole walking around the amusement park. The the twins who are one and a half were able to do everything, not everything, but a ton of things too. So Mm -hmm. we saw Santa. The best part was feeding the reindeer. Oh, the boys loved it. That was super cute. I saw your Snapchat. (laughs) Yeah. So then we drove up to the base of Mount Washington on the auto road. We parked the camper right in the middle of the field they gave us and perfectly parked it in the middle because if one of the boys ran off, I had like a three minute buffer until they were too far away in the field to like, (laughs) you know, it was this gigantic field. I'm just asking Amanda. I was smack dab in the middle and everyone else was camping on the side. We kind of parked in the middle so we didn't bug anyone and the kids could just kind of go roam and it was perfect. I'm glad so, you got to meet up with her. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, absolutely. So she was on another team. So the, the hike, what we do is we, everyone goes on a trail rider. Not everyone. My team was a trail rider team and I was, I'm a mule. And so we pull up someone who is an adaptive athlete. His name was Jacques. Jacques, Mm -hmm. like French Canadian Jacques, I think a Jacques Villeneuve, a very famous uh, French Canadian race car driver. I've always been on Team Chester. He couldn't make it. So we're on Team Jacques, a handful, maybe eight of us from Team Chester in the past years. We stuck together and we hike up Mount Washington on the auto road. We pull them up on a trail rider. There's six of us. It has one wheel and we make it to the summit. Um, Jay, diehard listener of the podcast, he's done it What's most. Up, Jay? Yeah, you know Jay. Yeah, he's done it we most did years with that me. One year. That's right. His girlfriend comes. My friend Jenna. I've gotten friends from the past to come do a couple of years. So I was excited for Amanda because the one year she signed up, it got canceled because of weather, and we just did a rail trail in Franconia Notch. So. Mm-hmm. I'm excited she got to summit. She was on a different team. They took off at like 3 a.m. And my team took off at 4. We had to be there at 4 a.m. So we didn't take off to 4.30. But it was beautiful, Mm -hmm. great weather. In the nine years, it was probably top two or three weather. The first year is still the best weather I've ever had. Wow. Yeah, it was looking gorgeous. Those were beautiful pictures. I got to tell you this, though. So (laughs) we drive home. And last night I spent the night at my parents because I brought the camper back and my mom watched the boys today. Today is Monday. Mm-hmm. I parked the camper at my dad's house and as I'm backing it up, I park it on this spot he has for, it's like three quarter inch gravel. It's really nice. He did it all two years ago and the trailer looks great there. So I back it up, put it in the spot and then I realize, oh crap, I forgot to dump my gray and black water. Do you gray know, and black water. You got a question mark on your forehead there. Okay. so <laughs> It you, doesn't sound good, I'll tell you that. You load your camper up with water, right? And so yeah. it, mine has 27 gallons of fresh water. Well, when I use the sink or the shower or something, and the boys use the shower, that oh, water that goes the down the water? drain. Yeah, that's your gray water. But when you use the toilet, that is your black water. And there is one rule to the toilet. Do you know what that rule is? 
I can't say I do. No number twos. Oh. All right. Well, that makes sense. Number ones only. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, yeah. I will let Adeline take a number two. It's happened in the past, not often, but they know the rule. Mm-hmm. There's porta potties or there's a bathroom at the campground, and nowadays they're very nice. Like, if it's nice, use it. So I didn't know that maybe she took a number. I only thought maybe it was used once or twice for number ones, right? Ashley and Adeline. I. Instead of um, taking my the hose that you connect to your um, the dump area of the trailer, my dad's like, oh, if it's just gray water, you can just dump it. And I'm like, I know there's at least like a gallon of black water from like the three times someone took a number one. So I pull mm-hmm. the black water first because you pull black water first and then all of a sudden it all comes out and it smells horrendous. <laughs> I can smell it. My mom can my mom literally got mad at me. She goes, "I can't believe you did that." I go, "I did not know anyone took a crap in the camper." <laughs> and I'm just seeing this come out like mud. It wasn't uh... even like it was just so gross. So then I pulled the gray water, which is like 20 gallons of of gray water. I'm like, "Hopefully that will wash it out." Mm-hmm. Well, it still smelled last night. This morning I got up I went outside, grabbed the hose, grabbed like the nozzle that does the shower feature, and I grabbed soap from the kitchen. I sprayed the soap on the rocks, and then I like, you'll see the picture I posted on Instagram of all the soapy rocks, right? And I was cleaning up all the crap because, man, that stuff, if you don't like wash it out. It's going to linger. (laughs) Right. So it didn't smell that bad this morning. And so anyways, that's the code brown of the episode. How about that? We already got it in three minutes in. (laughs) <laughs> but the that hike's not well that is pretty bad the hike was great <laughs> we raised money it's next year will be my 10th year as part of the program it won't be my 10th summit just because a couple years we've had to you know there's covid and then there's bad weather so mm-hmm. i think it was my seventh summit so six Still or seven summit. and we met some cool people man we met some diehard hikers uh, <laughs> i'll tell one more story before we get to uh mike beeman our guest part two Yes. Jay is on the team and Jay listens and he he says to me, I, I'm getting to know all the people on the team who is new first year and they're they're fantastic and they're great. And I'm really getting along with this one guy. His name is Eric Sweet. And Jay goes, you should get him on the podcast. And I'm like, you know what? Even though he's a hiker, like not really a runner, he would be hysterical. He would be kind of like Neil. Like that's his personality, I right? I want to hear from hikers. That's why I wanted to get Danielle on the pod, but she won't. <laughs> So we'll, we'll wear her down. So Jay goes, well, no, you need him on because he's famous. I go, he's famous? He goes, yeah, he's pretty mm-hmm. popular. Like he's on this big Facebook group. He's been on TV and everything else and other podcasts. I'm like, no way. So later in the in the hike, maybe at the halfway or a little after, I called him out on it. I go, hey, Jay told me, um, we already talked about the podcast, me and Eric. He's like, I'm like, Jay says you have to be on. He goes, yeah, I'd love to be on. That would be fun. And we talked about it. And I said, he tells me you're a little popular and he goes, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not really that famous. I'm not. Literally 90 <laughs> seconds later, this woman passed us or we passed a woman and she stopped us and asked him for a picture. Oh, so come on. And he gives me the look like, oh, I'm, I'm not really that famous. Uh, yeah, I would love to take busted. a photo with you. You're busted. He was busted. <laughs> he told me like his big thing was some TV show. And anyways, long story short, he was a phenomenal, his whole group, it was him, Josh, Mike, Stacy, they're all right. They're all fun. They all, they hike together. This was, this guy, Eric, it was his 81st summit up Mount Washington. Wow. He doesn't count it though, because you have to climb up 
and then down. And we didn't climb down because of the event and the wheelchairs and everything. They take us down yeah. the auto road. I guess you could hike down if you wanted to, but then they're no longer responsible or liable for you. Like yada 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 yada. Yeah, that's understandable. Insurance, lawyers <laughs> for real. It's because of lawyers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, enough about me. I'm I'm a little I'm a little uh, tired from from the weekend. It was a long weekend. I got home and we're fitting this in right now before the kids get home. So I say, let's get to. Part two of Mike Beeman, you want to just recap part one? You know, how awesome was that? He came on and talked all about the Boston Marathon. Oh, that was awesome talking to Mike. We learned so much about his experiences and he's just an all around awesome guy. Part one was really filled with the Boston Marathon. And I want to tell you how I kind of transitioned to part two here. Um, part two, he talks a lot about Make-A-Wish and things he's done and things that running has done for him. And so it's pretty amazing. It's one of his more prouder running moments. It's... uh. What a guy, you know, what a running, what a figure in the New England running community that he really turned out to be. And how lucky were we that we got to meet him and his friends, Rainy and Carly. And and it won't be the last. Man, I think you and I were both pretty much blown out of the water how great this, uh, about his story and how great the episode went. Mike is just so full of stories. We're definitely going to have to get him on for another time. I think. In- but in the meantime, we'll have to settle for part two. Yeah. So part two, everyone. Enjoy part two, and we'll see you on the other side. I want to get to what's maybe one of your most proudest running moments, but I want to, but I want to ask you one more Boston question, and that is, what is the goal? What is the end game with the streak? Um, I think God will tell me. I, I think that, you know, I don't want to be in a position where I disgrace the Boston Marathon. Like I think the time element of, I think it's, I want to say it's six and a half or seven hours. If I'm not able to do that, I don't think I belong there. It's because there would have to be something physically wrong with me. So I just take it year to year and uh, thank the good Lord for it and uh, give him the credit because that's, that's my belief. I don't think that anybody does it alone. I think I have a lot of help from him and people like you. I mean, you guys, you two are my you're the heroes because of what you're doing for the running community in new hampshire you're 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 taking you're taking a love in your i mean what you're doing is work and you're spreading it to other people you might interest somebody or more than one person in running and that's that's my passion so i appreciate what everybody does for me you know as far as running goes even the people that run and walk with me now that you know, as long as I'm able to do it in the allotted time, I'm not out to finish, you know, be number one or have the most. But it's nice to, when it's all over, say, all right, you know, I, I, I cracked the top 10 or now I guess I'm in the top five, you know. All right. Last Boston question, because I just thought of it. <laughs> you said okay. you said in the 70s, you'll never watch a Boston Marathon again when the streak yeah. is over. Will you go and watch and cheer on? Um, if I guess if you know somebody's running that uh, maybe I'm friendly with, uh, I guess you know, I guess you you kind of called me out on that one. Um, I think the the aura and the mystique and the just if you're part of that whole uh, Boston Marathon situation, yeah, it. I don't know. It, 
to see the finish, I might get a little sad because knowing that I came down Boylston so many years, and Erica knows this, when you turn the corner from Hereford to Boylston, I don't know. There's not a greater feeling, is there? I think you got to go hang out at uh, Wellesley and Boston College. Yes. That's that's where you got to go and cheer. (laughs) Well, the Boston College people definitely know me because uh, I think I made it on their fan page. And, uh, you know, and I was on Wellesley College, too, because they just do. They're just funny. Those those girls are funny. That's the one school I said my daughter would never go to would be Wellesley. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So speaking about your children and your daughter. And one of your most proudest moments, if someone asked you what's one of your more proudest running moments, it wouldn't be Boston. Well, I mean, for me, when you take a a passion, like I alluded to you guys, doing what you love, but now you're doing a podcast for it. You're doing what you love. I decided in 1997, uh, after Melanie was born in 1996, I was out pushing her in a, a stroller. I had a good friend who he had a he had a make-a-wish child his name was is dave mcmullen he lost his uh son to cancer brain tumor and i think it he was six or seven and this little boy used to run with his dad and he got brain cancer he was a -a make-a-wish kid and he died and dave to his credit continued his legacy by having a race in hampstead new hampshire it was a -a make-a-wish race and the money he raised you know went to support Make-A-Wish. And I always said to him, Dave, how do you do it? If I lost my child, I don't know if I could do it and so on and so forth. So I was out running one day and I said, I want to make a wish for somebody. So I I felt, because I'm a marketing guy, I said, I've got to do something extreme. So I thought I would run the length of New Hampshire because Dave McGilvery, you know, has been such an inspiration. He ran across the United States before it wasn't popular. He did it in 1978 for uh, the Jimmy Fund. And he finished at a Red Sox game. And to this day, it was one of the greatest fundraisers. It's a great story. And uh, it's in his book. I'm in his book, by the way. I'm on page 162. Uh, That's sidebar. (laughs) Anyways, so I said, I went home and I said to Marie, who we're not she's my she's a great friend great supporter we're not married anymore we're great friends she's remarried anyways i said to marie wouldn't it be great if i could take melanie put her in a stroll and we could run the length of new hampshire and raise money for make wish i could do 30 miles a day it would take me eight days because the state's 240 miles long the way i was going and she goes that's a good idea so i got her okay i said i'm gonna do it next summer so i called make a wish at the time they didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And um, they go, are you out of your mind? I said, no, no, no. And I said, well, I'm going to do it. So I went up and signed on the dotted line. And I did it the old-fashioned way because no social media, right? Mm-hmm. No internet. I did the old handwritten letters. You copy them. You send them out to businesses and people. Hey, next, next July, July 5th through the 13th of 1998, I'm going to run from Canada to Salem, I'm going to do it in eight days, pushing my daughter in a stroller for Make-A-Wish. Would you like to make a donation? So I was getting, you know, letters back and so on and so forth and mixed reviews. You're going to kill yourself. You're a masochist. You're a sadist. <laughs> you know, typical, you know, response. And so I trained for it. And uh, the training is, is the year turned. As you know, you can't run outdoors with a baby stroller in the uh, 
December, so I used to go to the Executive Health Club. I go there. And run laps around there. In that indoor running uh, running track. Yeah. That's where I go. I swim there, run there, work out there. I do everything there. And at the time, you know, everybody thought it was cool and um, they knew I was training. But the light changes every 30 minutes on which way you go. And uh, I'll take a picture. I'll show you. So um, I used to have to keep an eye on that light because if you're going the wrong way in a stroller, you know, you can nail somebody. And a couple of people got their noses out of joint because I'd run for like four <laughs> hours. And uh, there were a few complaints and so on and so forth. So I kept, you know, I trained, I trained. Then the spring came. I didn't have to be indoors. And I trained and I trained and I trained. And um, literally before we left, you know, I thought, you know, we'd raised $4,000, which I think we might have had it in the account. But again, it was uh, strictly by mail. And so we went to the top of New Hampshire, up in Pittsburgh, New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, I thought it was the greatest idea since sliced bread, you know. You know, and I thought, um, I don't know, I thought that people would gravitate to it and there'd be reporters and there'd be, you know, Channel 9 News and so on and so forth. But it was just Vin Sylvia from, the, not just Vin Sylvia, Vin was unbelievable. He's the one that did the front page uh, articles. And he was with us, but there was nobody else. And then as we went along, it became Forrest Gumpish. Like the the second day, nobody joined us. The third day, five people joined us. The fourth day, it was like 10. By the time we made it down to Hookset, it was a cavalcade of cars and people. We were causing traffic. I had There was one guy that jumped out of his car. He had street shoes on and shorts. And he says... And he was French. I remember he was had a French accent. And he said, I'm going to run with Mike Beeman. I'm going to run quarter mile with Mike Beeman. This is great. And, you know, and it became a, a novelty. And uh, by the time we, we got to Manchester, it was, uh, it was the number of people that came on the side of the road. I mean, it was, it was incredible. I mean, literally cross-country teams, you know. And then when we made it to Derry, like the dairy, it was almost like a parade going through there. I had to, I had to keep going because I didn't want to stiffen up. But people were literally, you know, taking pictures, and it was pre-social media. And uh, I can't imagine what it would have been like if social media. Then we got a police escort down Route 28 from Derry to Salem to the, the Massachusetts border. Like there was cops everywhere. Um, they stopped traffic, and. Uh, we made it, and then we had to go over to Nashua and finish at the Nashua Pride game, which was a um, AAA baseball team, mm-hmm. and they gave a dollar for every ticket that was sold that night, and I got to throw out the first pitch, and so, make a long story longer, when I went to the P.O. box that Monday to get all the envelopes out of the P.O. box, I thought, man, this is going to be great, you know, we're going to raise all this money, and There'd be a million envelopes in there. Well, the P.O. box was empty. And I you know, I put my head down and said, oh, boy, this didn't go that well. Oh, no. <laughs> and the postmaster who knew me, he comes out and he goes, Mike, 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 glad I caught you. We didn't have any room in your P.O. box. And he brought out like a super big box and it was just filled with cards and letters. So we raised, uh, I think, $23,698 for Make-A-Wish 
we granted six wishes and uh that was pretty cool you know my then then i did it again in 2002 with my son and we raised like a hundred dollars more so he beat her <laughs> but neither child neither child remembers the trip like they remember being in the stroller and seeing like my legs running they look back and see my legs running but they don't remember and of course we have some converted vhs tapes that are on cds of channel nine news channel nine did this while they they would you know cover it at the finish and so on and so forth they did some nice footage and uh it's nice memory real nice memory and i have all the letters from everybody that um corresponded with us and so that to me is taking something you love in in helping somebody else out and i had naysayers i mean people told me straight up that uh you're gonna either kill yourself or kill one of your kids both of my kids are fine and i think that i benefited from it but you know i didn't do it for me i did it for out of the 12 kids that um we raised the money for when I left New Hampshire to come to Georgia, 11 of them had passed away. I don't know about the 12th, but if you have, if you're a make-a-wish child, usually you're terminally ill. Mm-hmm. That's a sad kicker to the the story is, you know, this is usually something that doesn't end well for those kids. But Melanie was two years old at the time. And the first make-a-wish child we had, her name was Carissa, and she was two years old. And we met them in at Bear Brook State Park. You know where that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're on the swing set, swinging with her. And she was completely bald. She had already had her wish. You know, she went to Disney because her life expectancy wasn't beyond August. We met her. She had been to Disney already. We paid for it with the money that we gave Make-A-Wish. Mm-hmm. And then she died, she died a month later. That, that's real. I mean, she's on the same swing set as my daughter. One has cancer and one, it, it just, I don't, how can you not feel for a child that is, or anybody that's that sick and they mm-hmm. don't know it. The second trip, I had a young man call me. I was in, um, gosh, I'm trying to, it was in the lakes region. We we're going through um i can't remember what it was uh what town it was but it's up near tamworth in that area and uh we were stopped and i was i was grumpy you know i had already run 20 miles and it was getting hot you know and i i felt like blisters on my foot and and we had already established where we were going to stay that night even though i had 10 more miles to run i was at the hotel and a kid called me he was in high school he went to berlin high school and he says to me, he says, uh, Mr. Beeman, I just want to thank you for granting me a wish. I'm one of your wish children on this trip. And I says, well, you're welcome. And, you know, what did you get? And he, he got a big stereo system. And I said, oh, that's awesome. I said, how old are you, son? And uh, he said, I'm 17. I said, what year in high school are you? And he says, I'll be a senior. I said, I bet you're looking forward to graduation. And he says, well, sir, I'm not going to graduate. And I says, well, why is that? And he says, well, um, um, I won't be alive. And That's you talk about so talk about sobering. Oh yeah. I mean, his life expectancy. I think it was that was July, and I think he expected to live till he was maybe September, October. He did. He passed away 
think in October, but he had enjoyment for a while. And the fact that he called me, I mean, then I said to myself, I got a blister. Now I'm complaining about a blister. Mm -hmm. So kind of a reality check, you know, that what we appreciate and so on and so forth. So, you know, those memories make wish was kind of neat that you guys um, said, Hey, come up with some different stories because, you know, I can go to my bookshelf and take a scrapbook out from 19, 1998. And those memories are etched in a scrapbook as opposed to my phone. And uh, it, it's just really neat. So many things happened on those trips that were absolutely miraculous. You know, it, it's no wonder that we made it at that point in time. But I think if we did it now, um, somebody would protest and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the social media would blow it up. So it would probably be uh, a world, you know, there would have been a lot more donations, I'm sure. But but the work you did, you brought joy to so many children, and that is wonderful. And yep. I, I wish I, so I was obviously around at that time, but I wish I had known. I, I, w- I would have been one of the ones who would wanted to come and do a little running with you and, and see your progress and cheer you on. And I don't know. Maybe I'll do it the was, legacy someday. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a neat experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of people uh, did come out. They sent me letters and so on and so forth. And I just thought it was a crazy idea that uh, I I wanted to do. And it was it was a lot of fun. It, it it was it was hard the first time. The second time, I just was I was on a mission, and I said, "This is this is gonna this is gonna happen. It's gonna happen fast." And uh, it, it worked out very, very well, and everybody was appreciative. And the people at Make-A-Wish wrote me a letter, and they said it was the $47,989 that we raised was like the most that any single entity had ever donated to Make-A-Wish because wow. we were considered a single entity. Like that's, That is a lot of money, Absolutely. but the money, meant money came from other people, you know, because they were, you know, and it was uh, – it was neat. And, uh, the, the strollers, and the, the kids, you know, it was just such a great experience. That's amazing. I was not expecting that story to be that amazing. I, like I knew it was going to be amazing. I thought it was more going to be about running through the state and going from North to South and so much more than that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that went beyond what I was expecting. Well, when you think of the cause and, uh, everything that, you know, goes into the whole make-a-wish uh, journey for a kid. It's, uh, I don't know, I I will never forget that as long as I live. And I would say that that trumps the Boston Marathon. That that does. It Boston Marathon is, you know, a competitive thing. But when you can, like I said, when you can take your passion and benefit other people, and I'm going to say that you guys are benefiting other people, then you're doing something good for somebody besides yourself does that make sense mm-hmm. so you're benefiting other people right now with your podcast when this on cbs on nightly news or you know, <laughs> even, you yeah, know. we we appreciate your kind words because that's what we want to do we we want to share our joy of running our love of running we love hearing stories from i guess more regular people like like somebody that people can relate to as opposed to like the elite runners, like everybody's got cool stories, but like you, you find cool people that you meet just by chance. It's, it's, 
more meaningful to me, I think. And we want, well, you know, you don't have to be a runner to listen and to appreciate mm-hmm. the stories. That is true. Well, you know, we've, we've been talking for quite a while. I don't know how long because I'm not really looking, but it's been over an hour, I'm sure. But you have never asked me, like, PRs. We do, we're not talking about records or mm-hmm. times. We're talking about stories. Mm-hmm. And that's really what running is all about. It's stories, relatable stories. And if I talked about my, well, I did talk about myself as far as stories, but I didn't talk about myself as far as speed mm-hmm. in a comp, even though you mentioned the numbers, you, the numbers that jump out of the 45 Boston marathons. But we, we, we explained that that comes with a lot of, you know, training and, and I'm very, very blessed and there's funny stories and so on and so forth. But as opposed to saying, well, I ran a track workout, da, 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 you know, the Manchester running club, which um, is called the Manchester running club used to be called the athletic Alliance. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Well, the, that birth of athletic Alliance, I started athletic Alliance, which is the Manchester club. Yes. So it just, it's a very, very small world. Uh, it was an outshoot of uh, the Converse elite program. And we started a community um, club called Athletic Alliance. And so I, I see the mansion, the MRC, and I, I found out that they are a derivative of Athletic Alliance. So it's kind of cool that it's come full circle. But when I was in Gosstown, I bet you some of the people running were probably their parents ran the Gosstown Gallup when I used to run it. So We've, we've come full circle and, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty neat. And it's still Gosstown still was Gosstown for me. It'll, it'll never change. I told the girls, I said, we got a hill right here. And I, <laughs> that's oh, exactly boy. what I said to, to Eric. I was like, are you ready? We're turning this corner. It's happening. <laughs> but I told them the board was when you get to the top, you get to go down for a mile until you hit that corner. Mm-hmm. And, it's just, I think the people that were out there were the same people who were there back in 1985 and 86, probably, you know, the families and stuff like that. It just, uh, it's real neat to be able to do that. That's why I love tradition. That's why I love Boston is you, you make the same turns every year mm-hmm. in Boston, you know, the same starting line, the same finish. When you hit the Sitco sign, you know, you're pretty close, you know, and uh, all those um, years. And now, it hasn't changed as far as the course, but the course, the crowd control and so on and so forth, it's changed quite a bit. Because I come of the age when there was no crowd control and they used to hold the fans back on horseback. And mm. if the horses pooped in the middle of the road, guess what? <laughs> You're you <know>? stepping in it. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I've got a few ticks in the odometer left you know, to keep running and walking and moving. And maybe I can come up for Gosstown next year. All right. Speaking of few ticks left, how did you get into TikTok? Because that is kind of like, I feel like that's for the kids younger than Erica and myself. And you are kicking butt at TikTok and you are all about it. You're all over the, the app. Tell me about TikTok because I know you just got a cell phone too like a year ago and you're new to yeah. all the, the apps. Well, the kids at school, I mean, if you're a high school teacher, you're very uh, in tune or maybe not either you know either accept their their error like a lot of adults my age say well that's for kids and stuff like that who who made those rules like seriously and so 
the kids enjoy an old man that has a TikTok because they think it's funny. I don't take myself serious. And they love being in the TikToks. So we, when I got the cell phone, I got the cell phone because uh, my son uh, is at Georgia College. He's doing that summer intern, at, summer intern at Barstool. And my daughter is, gosh, she's 26. She just got engaged. So they're, and they might as well be in Boston because I never see them, right? <laughs> so I surprised them. You know, everybody's telling me for years you should get a real phone. I had, I had a, a what do you call it, a flip phone that only could text and call. I didn't have any, but I had an Instagram, but I didn't, I didn't run it. My students did. Um, I have a tremendous trust in in kids, and they trust me too. It's a two way street. So they used to take pictures and they put them on my Instagram. I had more followers than most kids did. I had a Facebook, but I ran it off my computer. So when I got the cell phone, first thing I did is I FaceTimed my children. And they knew right away that they didn't know I was getting a phone. So they were like, what's going on? Why, why, why can he FaceTime me on a <laughs> And they figured out that I got an iPhone. And so with the iPhone, I decided, well, let's let's get this TikTok thing going on and you know, you involve kids in it and have some fun with it. It's just fun. I mean, I, I do um, just fun stuff on it. I almost am like the, not anti-TikTok, but I'll take a, a dance or something like that and pretend to do it and like fall over. And, and stuff I like saw that, that with the, the washing the car. I saw that one. That's a trendy, um, you take a trendy dance where the kids are, you know, supposed to be, I guess you call it, you know, sexy, you know, and you, you <laughs> a bucket of water on yourself and fall down and you know it didn't get the love it should but to be able to do the marathon tiktok or the outfit of the day that's a big thing you know the ootd erica loves you that know. i like the running outfits of the day have yeah, you heard of so- um i'm mrs space cadet <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's on tiktok but she always does that silly pose and i've, yeah. I've tried doing that a few times yeah you know and it's just me it's fun and if i get a ridiculous idea i do it um so it's it's a distraction when i i don't watch a whole lot of tiktoks because i'm not a big like sit on my phone for hours you know i just i'm not that way i'm not a scroller Mm -hmm. so and then my computer at home thank goodness she didn't need a computer to do this because my computer that my son let me have um just died so i don't have a computer here and i probably won't because guess what? Everything I can do on the computer, I can do it here. And now, since I'm a big uh, junior college cross-country coach, I have a computer in my office. So I lived all these years without technology, and I still think I can pull it off. Although I do have a Garmin. That's a big deal. Okay. I, you know why I got a Garmin? is because in 2020, when they did the COVID uh, Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. they said the only way you could submit your time was uh, – a garment and because you couldn't just write it down and say this is what i ran so i i got the garment figured it out and i submitted it i was so proud of myself i did it the first time um i submitted my time i ran it in tifton it took me four hours and 36 minutes and it was one of the most miserable days of the year did it by myself felt terrible oh. finished it took my garment plugged it into a computer and submitted my time and it was official. And that's so the only that, reason you got a Garmin <laughs> just to do that. Yeah. Yes. I could, I could literally, if, if you and I ran together and I had, if I had a stopwatch 
I could tell you how far we went within like a tenth of a mile. Oh Easily. wow! I was very. I'm very good at knowing distance and time and how fast I'm running, and that just comes from doing it so many years. Like mm-hmm. you would. Um, it's almost like being a metronome, you know, you just were very in tune to how fast you were running. So um, I've always prided myself on being able to figure out a pace and stay with it. Very nice. That comes from 139,000 miles. I've written down in, in those log books and notebooks and everything like that. So I can go back to this day in 1982, 40 years ago and say, this is what I was doing in 1982, you know. I probably could get it right now and tell you because I know where it is, but I'm not going to interrupt the <laughs> program. That's an incredible achievement. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many I'm at. I keep, I've been keeping track for maybe like, well, actually, since I got a Garmin, but that has only been like six years. So mm, I don't know. No, nowhere near that number. Nowhere near that. <laughs> and he keeps okay. track. All his notes are on pencil and paper. Yeah. Like hard copy. You can't go wrong. You're right. Unless you, you know, I lost, I had a condominium fire in 1992 where I lost everything in my condominium. Oh no. Derry, it was, uh, it wasn't my fire, but I was in a complex with the complex burnt to the ground mm. and there were four units destroyed. Mine was one of them. Fortunately, I had my log books at my store. I don't know why. I have no idea. They were at my store, so I preserved a lot of those records, you know. And um, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to look back on it. And I laugh at some of the stuff because you know how you put comments in there about, you know, you ran this race, you know, and you came in fifth, and you ran like five minutes and thirty seconds a mile, and you go, I'm I'm awful. I'm going to quit running because <laughs> um, um, it was just. It's all perspective. It it is. It it really is. And like I said, I just assumed everybody back in the day, you know, you if you're running the Boston Marathon and you're training at that level, you just assume everybody else is. You know, you don't realize how special it is until someday people say to you, especially later in life, they say, That is my ultimate goal in my life is just to qualify once. And then you say to yourself, Well, and I try not to bring that conversation up mm-hmm. because when you're at the Boston Marathon Expo or at the Boston Marathon number or at the Boston Marathon period, a conversation usually goes like this. Have you ever run this course before? Uh, did you run it or last year? Yes, I did. Oh. How many years have you run it? I've run it a number of years. Well, when did you, you know, <laughs> I was, when I was there this year, um, I picked up my number. I I went in on a Friday and I was one of the first people to pick up my number because of, you know, I was, I was down there on the Friday morning. I got there early and immediately this guy came at me with a camera and he says, all right, this, I, I, can I talk to you? It was for, wasn't for BZ, but it was a new England station. I can't remember what it was. So he starts out, he goes, all right, you know, say your name. Da, da, da. And he said, um, um, is this your first Boston Marathon? No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> he said, um, what year is it? I said, this would be my 45th. He dropped his camera and he says, I'm not going to get any more. I'm not going to get any. You're going to be the winner. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I didn't say it for that reason, but it's kind of awkward to say it because some people, they don't, they won't believe it or they just are like, and we actually have 
numbers that we can wear on our back, and they're called quarter century club numbers. And they say uh, quarter century club. They're blue with they're blue and gold. They're like a Where's Waldo a number. So if you see one of these people running the Boston Marathon, it's on their back, right? So and we start in the second wave, and we get passed by most everybody, and they you know they say congratulations. I don't wear mine all the time because. You know, I, I just forget to bring it or whatever. But I do have it sitting around here someplace. Most of those guys were every single year. I just, I'm not, you know, I know what I've done. You know, I don't need to broadcast it to the whole world. I'm very happy, blessed, appreciative, gracious, so on and so forth. But it's not a, like I said, it's not something when I saw you two on, uh, on at Gostown, it's not the first element of our conversation. Now, other people do that. They'll mm-hmm. say it, you know, but. I was very lucky that uh, your two friends had no money <laughs> because I was able to pay their way through. And then when Dave French stood up on that ladder and said, we're very lucky and fortunate today to have a very special person here. And he looked right, almost right at me, but slightly to my left. And I was like, he's talking to, oh, he's talking to that guy. Good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's with Rainey. Who, who I just met. And I'm like, oh, they're all together. And, and Rainy and Carly were like clapping and looking at you like they're so proud and maybe taking a picture. And I quickly took a picture. Perfect timing because I got you putting your hand up and thanking Dave. It was perfect timing. It was, uh, it was great, to, great to meet you guys. And We got one final question we asked all our guests. This is one of Erica's favorites. She came up with the idea. And I didn't prep you, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to let Erica go ahead and ask you this question. Don't worry, Mike. It's not a hard question. So (laughs) I'm not sure if you like to listen to music or not while you run, but we have an On The Run Spotify playlist, and all of our guests get to choose a song to add to it if they so want to. (laughs) So would you like to add a song to our playlist? Usually it would be a song that, like, you like to run to or that gets you pumped up or maybe you listen to right before a run something like that but it could be anything anything could that be... has some meaning to you yeah well uh first off fun fact i've never run with music ever i've never run a single second with music to my ears for some reason but i got that vibe from you <laughs> but my favorite if i had to have one on my play list it would be don't stop believing oh Journey. perfect perfect choice That's- Please add that to it because that's my that's my go to song. You know, I think it's just don't stop believing. That is that is yours. That is your song, my friend. (laughs) That's the one that I would choose. Well, Mike, we are so lucky we got to meet you. I really hope next time you come to New Hampshire, do you think you'll be at the Gallup next year? Yes, and I may be in New Hampshire before. You know, I may come up in December if there's a race or November. Just depends on my schedule, but you know. I would definitely let you guys know because I'd love to get together with you go for a run. Um, like I said, I'm going to say it again. Uh, what you're doing for the running community is spectacular. And I, I appreciate that because well, <laughs> you are carrying on a legacy that I think that I once did. I did it in a different manner. You know, I was a running store like John Mortimer. He's now carrying that on. But, you know, the, the grassroots approach that you guys have taken, I hope you blow up. I hope you <laughs> blow up. I hope I see your TikToks, you know, 
Well, you thank can, you uh, for being a part of it, Mike. This has been such a treat getting to hear your story. So we really appreciate all of the stuff you've, you've done. And I can't wait to hear more someday. Yeah, I have a feeling this won't be the last time. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I, it won't be the last time we get together because now I'm on the gram with you and, you know, we can uh, communicate through the gram. And we're going to have to somehow eventually learn how to TikTok and create our own on the run to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll make that's our goal. Next time I come, we'll make a TikTok together. Yes, all right, all Perfect. right. I love it. Well, thanks again, Mike. We love you. It was so we're so lucky to meet you and know you now. It was it was fantastic, and I'm thank you for coming on. I love and appreciate you guys, and I'll stay up. Thank you. All right, let's give it up for Mike. That is such an incredible feat that he did not only once but twice, running the entire length of New Hampshire. I can't imagine doing something like that, but he did it for such a worthy cause, and I'm just so proud of him for that. I'm blown away. His stories are amazing. His stories are great, and I loved how he he brought many different stories of, you know, it wasn't just funny the whole time. Some of it was serious, mm-hmm. and some of it was emotional about yeah. about the two-year-old girl swinging with his daughter that they helped send to Disney World. Yep. The, the, he, just, he made a difference. He made such a difference in their lives, and, and I'm very proud to know you, Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. It was such a cool experience. I think next time we talk to him, we got to do it in person. You know, maybe season two of the pod, you know, we get him on, we sit down kind of like we did the Scott, except he's in Georgia, right? I've yet to do a Georgia race. So if Mike has any suggestions, he can let us know. And then maybe we'll just take a little, a little long weekend and meet up again. And that's right. So I'll race and we'll record and, and have another great episode. So Mike, Erica has a goal to run a marathon in every state. So at the I moment, checked it off yet? <laughs> okay, what about uh, what about Alabama? Nope, not Alabama yet either. All right, those two border each other. How about South Carolina? I have not done South Carolina, but I'm saving that one for when my parents move down. I'm probably going to do Myrtle Beach. All right, I'll do that one with you. I like Myrtle Beach. We got a place to stay. But yeah, he's down there in South Georgia, which could be close to Alabama too. So you know, you could get two out in one trip, plus a podcast interview, plus oh, just you hanging know out. I with would Mike. try that. I'm I'm crazy enough to do that. I don't know about running across the the entire state of New Hampshire in eight days, but <laughs> I could do a back to back marathon. I. I think you could do the state of New Hampshire, but maybe you can spread it out more, you know? Maybe. Anyways. Something to think about. I know you got some things you want to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Well, I haven't told you yet. This is a very brand new development, but you are looking at the newest uh, member of the UFOs crew. I'm what? so excited. I'm an ambassador for the UFOs company now. <laughs> You're an ambassador <laughs> for UFOs? Favorite. Oh, my God. My favorite recovery, sandals, shoes, slides, all that good stuff. I now get to represent the brand. I'm so happy. How did this happen? I have connections, but we are also awesome. So having a podcast doesn't hurt. (laughs) Really? Oh, using the podcast to get yourself some free swag. Jeez. Look at you. No, it's not about free free swag. It's about repping the brand, sharing the products that I love. Just, just sharing, sharing with our our fans. You know who else loves UFOs? Dave. Hi, Dave. M- maybe. What's up, Dave? <laughs> but uh, no, my mom. 
My mom loves UFOs. Mm. She heard you. You did a shout out to UFOs like a few episodes ago. Could have been a while I ago. I will do them forever because they're fantastic. But well, anyways, well, so your mom loves them. That's great. Yeah. And she sends me a message like, I wear UFOs. And at the time, I never heard of UFOs until like a few months ago. I'm telling you, they're a game changer. They've been helping me out this time around. I wear them at work all day. I have like the um You the wear sandals shoes, at work? Like, no, no, no. They have shoes. They have like slip-on shoes. So um, I wear them at work because I have to have at least like closed-toed shoes. This is so. like kind of turning into an ad. You're like, I didn't know they had <laughs> shoes. And eh. I'm like, you wear sandals? No, they have shoes too. <laughs> well, they do. They have slippers. They have boots. They got all kinds of what? stuff. Anyway, boots? But, don't tell me more. But I digress. <laughs> I digress. I didn't know any of this. Um, well, no, I'll let you talk all about UFOs as much as you want because you're an ambassador. Now, what do you have to do... As an ambassador, like you, you're also a pro compression ambassador. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, oh, the two go hand in hand. I can wear my beautiful socks with the nice pair of slides, and <laughs> you can you can take one Total photo recovery. and one Instagram post and knock two out in one photo now, where you can go the UFOs and the pro compression socks. Mm-hmm. Look at you go, that's smart you, thinking. I'm that's sure efficient. I already have a ton of pictures that way, too, because <laughs> that's just what I wear all the time. Now, is this one like a um, one-year ambassadorship, like your pro compression, you have to reapply, or de- what's the details here? Give me the deets. Honestly, it's literally brand new. It happened like this afternoon, so I, I'm i not entirely sure of all the details, but I will share them when I know. But yeah, I'm just going to be sharing the love on my Instagram and the podcast. Well, they've so got about the last three minutes of this up. podcast here, <laughs> you know, so it's a smart <laughs> investment by UFOs right there. <laughs> no, nah, they are worth it. They are like, they're supposed they are so to, worth it. They're supposed to help with like your arch too, like call uh, it planner's fasciitis because I get that. They do have some pretty good arch support, but all I know is that they, um, it takes a lot of the pressure off of your joints. It's like 30, 37% of, um, less pressure 37 that's a good number patrice bergeron (laughs) oh you do like that number that's right but uh i will have to do a little more research so i can be a little more um articulate about my favorite shoes speaking of bergy and the boston bruins here go a little off running they i saw they were all in italy this past week why on instagram and everything and twitter and they're all posting and they're all like even old guys from like the stanley cup team sean thornton and milan lucic and all these Bruins are in Italy having a vacation, and then over the weekend, you learn they went to Tuca's wedding. Tuca got married. Tuca got married in Finland. Now oh, I thought awesome. he was married before, so I got to figure it out. I think it's Finland? more of like a renewal of the vows. Well, he's from Finland, and they have three kids, oh. three girls. But wow. yeah, and oh my god, it was so cool to see them all together in Finland. But anyways, I digress. See, this is where I get all my hockey news because I don't know any of that stuff. It was what pretty would I cool. do without you? They all looked, they all looked sharp. They looked good. I mean, man rockets galore, especially Mr. Bergeron. <laughs> man rockets. Oh my God. All right. Anyways, enough hockey talk on this running podcast. You, you really want to tell me something. What was that? Ah, yes. Bad water. So bad water happened a couple of weeks ago. If you're not familiar, um, it is this epic, like intense, uh, 135 mile race. So it's ultra race um, from Death Valley to Mount Whitney in California. So it goes from like the hottest part of the country. It's hot. It is. It is toted as the. I'm pretty sure it's the world's toughest road race just because of the intense heat. What is the bad water 135? According to Wikipedia, 
The Badwater Ultramarathon describes itself as the world's toughest foot race. Foot race. Damn it. <laughs> I knew I was close. I just couldn't pull it out. But yeah, you're running from like the lowest part of like California. Well, it's like 280 something feet below sea level. It and is. And you run to Mount Whitney. Correct. 282 feet below sea level. Oh, did I nail it or I missed it by two feet? Oh, I know it was close. You missed it by two feet, but that don't matter. Oh. 280, that works. Dude, and, I'm telling okay, you. Okay, but tell me, what is the ending elevation? Oh, is it like 13,000 feet? No, no, no. You're a little off. You're, you're a lot. Oh, off. it's like the base of Mount Whitney, though. So you don't have to like climb Mount true, Whitney. True, true. It's ending at 8,360 feet. Okay. So anyways, like this race, they hold it like it happened just um, mid-July. So it's going to be ridiculously hot. And it is all road, basically. So temperatures like during the day, like you start at night. Like the early, there are a few waves. The early waves start at like 8.30. Then there's like a 9.30, a 10.30, 11.30. And only 100 people get to run this. But you're running through intense heat. Not only that. Yeah. I, I'm reading that it's a 50-50 split of rookies and veterans. Mm-hmm. So it is 100. so hard to get into this race. Like I, I was looking into it because I'm like, I have to do this someday. Really? But you have to run like at least 300 mile races to qualify and you have to like one of them has to be within like 13 months of the race okay um and i'm just uh i i think it would be so crazy i'm not super into the ultras with like we're talking like utmb with the mountains i don't think i can do that stuff that's just that is out of my realm but bad water i may have a shot Really? <laughs> okay. Right here, the Badwater 135 is known as one of mm-hmm. the toughest ultras because it runs through the sizzling Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much it costs to run in this race? Um, You know, I don't. The entry fee is $995. Mm. You mm. know, that's... Mm. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that covers, but... All right, I'm going to read Oof. you three things here. Yes. How to prepare for Badwater. You ready? Sure. Number one, start heat training six to eight weeks before your desert event. <laughs> Saunas. Number Just two, all the time. drink plenty of water. Well, H two O rules. Mm-hmm. Number three, be sure to add electrolytes, including sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. 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 Yes. The good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of no-brainer stuff. Like, even us being, like, 90-degree heat, you definitely want those electrolytes and water. Man, this sounds cool. Do you know if you can have, like, a pacer, like, partway through? Like, when you do anchor down in a few uh, weeks, do you know if you can have a pacer in the bad water 135? I thought you could, yeah. All right. All I don't right. know at what point, though. But So this is a – I think you have a maximum of 48 hours to run this race. And I feel like I would need every minute of it. But there were some there were some uh, amazing accomplishments this year. Well, Did I you know hear anything about that. No, you got You got to tell me you fill me in. So, of course, me being me, I don't know a whole lot about the men's race. <laughs> but for the women's race, um, I was particularly interested because one of the um, the racers was Ashley Paulson from um, oh, yeah. she's in the iFit community. So I was talking to Katie. I'm like, Katie, your girl from iFit. She's got like bright purple hair, just super cool. Pink, pink hair. And I, yeah, well, pink, purple. But I was following pink. her and I was like, you're, you're doing awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I thought you, you just threw me off my my game. Like, way to go. Pink hair. Pink hair. Yes, pink hair. <laughs> so, but anyways, Ashley Paulson wound up breaking the woman's course record by like three and a half minutes. So she did it in just over 24 hours. And Impressive. there was a lot of controversy oh, behind this. Okay. I was kind of, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it. I'm curious because I know a few things about her. So I guess yeah, I'm not do? surprised there's controversy. See, that's why I'm kind of bummed because she had like a stellar performance. She did really awesome. But this was her first over a hundred mile race. Actually, I think she had only done like 50s or something like this is 100 miles. Like that was her first attempt and she wins. So, so when I knew her, she I, I met her. I didn't meet her personally. I saw oh. her in the 2017 Ironman Mount Tremblant and she was like kicking ass in this pink kit with pink hair. Bike was pink and couldn't miss her. <laughs> she won't she won't hear this. So it's fine. I thought she was like 60 years old. I thought this was some 56-year-old <laughs> woman. She looked really old. But I was also Aww. looking at her from far away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it, 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 it wasn't really an insult. It was more, this girl is kicking ass in this mm-hmm. Iron Man. And she's like pushing 60, I thought. And then <laughs> later she came up closer. And I'm like, oh, wow, I was off on the age there. Yeah, she's she's a professional triathlete, but um, she just cracked 40, I think. She's maybe 40, 41. But she is a stellar athlete, but she's she did have a lot of controversy after that, that finish at Badwater. So I don't know if you've heard, but at one point, I think it was 2016, she received a ban from um, from running tri- triathlon. I knew that, yes. She, yeah, because she had like a cross-contamination um, of a like a banned substance. So she only got a six-month ban because they deemed it unintentional. I think that's how I want to word so it. <laughs> I, I read the article, and also there's a local guy. His name's Lucas. Something else happened uh-huh. where somehow these triathletes feel like, okay, I'm just going to take my six-month suspension because I'm mm-hmm. taking that in the off-season versus fighting it. They don't make a ton of money to really fight it and get the lawyers and everything. So they're just like, I'll yeah. take my six-month ban. Well, and, it's, it's six months as opposed to a four-year ban. Right, so, I mean, she, right. she got off easy. Because I know a local guy here took the six months because he just didn't, you know, maybe he did, wasn't financially able to fight it and it was just the easier mm-hmm. way out. And he knew in his mind, hey, I didn't cheat. I didn't take anything on purpose or, yeah. or knowingly. So I, th- I think I read something where she kind of did the same thing. She chose to go just take the six-month ban. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue. Yeah, people were kind of blown away by how well she did. And so, of course, people are bringing up, like, how did she do so well? And so um, she wound up releasing her Garmin data, and people were scrutinizing the Garmin data. Oh, my God. She wound up having, like, two files because I guess her her uh, watch died. And I'm like, yeah, for that long, I can I can see how it would die. Um, so there was one point where she had to charge it. So there's, like, a mile and a half missing. And... The second half had weird, like, cadence data, and people said, like, she might have altered it. And I'm like, I didn't oh. even know you could do that. So, I don't know. People are just shitting on her stellar accomplishment. I mean, I really hope she didn't cheat, but it just it just sucks. Well, speaking of charging your watch, I yes. think that's a question we can ask on our next interview, because guess what? Our next interview can maybe give you some tips. And I've asked her that question before. How do you charge your watch? But we're having Michaela, who is an ultra runner, who might oh, know so some other ultra runners. 
And this is going to be epic. We finally have a date marked down to have her on. And she'll be our next interview or one coming up. I'm super excited. I want you to prepare all your ultra running questions because now as you are slowly entering the ultra running world, we are going to ask, talk to one of the ultra running experts, in my opinion, Michaela, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to start racking my brain because she is a wealth of knowledge that I need to tap into for sure. <laughs> She's got a couple great stories that one happened very recently. <laughs> yes. And then there's another one that was like, nope, I have to win, so I have to do this. So we're going to save those for later. I'm excited. But you brought up the watch and the charging of the watch. And I remember asking her that question. I am worried about that for for the hamster wheel coming up. All right. So unless she's got any other ideas. Put that down as a question for Michaela. Okay. Well, one thing I do want to say, what happened to Scott? (laughs) Scott just had another Iron Man. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Scott did uh, half Ironman. He did Ironman Maine yesterday. Good. Thank yep. you for reminding me. My um, pleasure. <laughs> he came in second. <laughs> I know. He came in second. So he's the first loser. Um, oh. Apparently lost to a legend. Apparently had an amazing bike on a, a course that is extremely challenging. And mm-hmm. the sad thing is, okay, remember we we're talking about Kona slots, right? And the top two yeah. would make it. Well, you finished second. I thought he got a slot for... Iron Man, half Iron Man Worlds, 70.3, which are in Finland next year. Oh. They only gave one slot to his age group. Oh, no. So he missed out? He missed out. I don't think that was the goal going in. I think it was just like a prepper for Kona in a few months. But yeah. Yeah. He, okay. So his Instagram says, solid day at main 70.3, beaten by a legend in the newly minted hashtag on the runs curse. Because if you talk about hashtag code brown, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, no. I we have to have Scott back on to talk about that one. Uh, yeah, I want to hear more. We got to get to hear more. We got to get Scott Black part three out here soon. And it was it was a good one. But uh, we'll mm-hmm. we'll wait a little bit as Kona gets closer. So we can get him on for we'll hear about the half Iron Man and the, also his epic Kona experience. Yeah, Kona's going to be epic. It's just going to be so cool. I felt bad that I wasn't there, but I can't skip out on the Sunrise Ascent, not when mm-hmm. I'm almost at 10 years. So it was... See, that's like your Goffstown Gallup. <laughs> I won't miss the Goffstown Gallup for anything. Yeah, I don't know. Thank you for your donation, by the way. My pleasure. Yeah. It's yeah. The least I could do. I made my goal. It wasn't a big a goal, but I made it. Yes. Maybe you should do it for my 10th year. I'll consider. It's just a walk up a mountain. I could do it. Walk I up won't the do road. the, well, if, I'll, I'll practice with that and then maybe I'll apply to do the uh, Mount Washington road race one year. I want to do that. It's a bucket list, that one. And I yeah. would rather do the road race than the bike than the bike race because, oh man, the bike race just, There's I feel like I'll puke. Oh yeah, they Oof. do everything. They do bike race, running race. They mm-hmm. do, uh, you ever watch like the rally cars? Yes, oh. I watched what Travis Pastrana. I oh think, did yeah, it. yeah. What a I was sick like, he's video. gonna fall off the side of Mount Washington. <laughs> I'm partly disappointed. I mean, I understand they had to do it, but there was a dirt section of the road, and mm-hmm. it was like maybe two thirds of a mile. Well, they just paved it, and it, I mean, it's oh. beautiful. It's a little wider, but man, it was really kind of cool driving on the dirt section of the road. And this section was up there; it was like way above tree line. Mm-hmm. And um, I get it. You know, some people get, fr- oh, all right. One more 
fantastic <laughs> story. Okay, so okay. they bring someone up there called a roadrunner. So all these people volunteer to drive up in their car by themselves and bring us all down. Mm-hmm. So as all the cars are coming up and we got maybe a half mile to go, they're all passing us. And I'm like, looking at this one, here's a Suburban. That's a nice car. This is a nice car. That one's okay. There's a lot of Subarus because everyone who hikes <laughs> apparently has a Subaru. And then here comes this little like Honda Accord, like a 2002 Honda Accord. And I'm like, I am not getting in your car. (laughs) So when we summit and we get down and we go to the parking lot, which a couple of cars just caught on fire in that parking lot like a week ago. Did you see that video? I did see it. It was like Jeeps, right? Yeah. And there was a big like like you can still see where that fire was. I don't know what what happened. happened? No, no, probably. You got to look that up. That's crazy. So when we get down there, someone says, how many do you have? And and I'm with Jay and his girlfriend. And um, yeah, it was just the three of us. So, we're like, so wait, th- people just volunteer to drive people down or you guys have to secure drivers? The Adaptive Sport Partners of the North Country secures people who they call roadrunners to come up and they'll okay. drive us down. So cool. they ask us, hey, do any of you know how to drive a, a standard? And Jay's like, I do. And they're like, could you drive this woman's car down because she volunteered, but she got vertigo. Oh, and she didn't know what she was getting herself into. She had no clue what this road really was. She's just like, Oh, I want to volunteer and help. And I just read mm-hmm. it's a road up a mountain. That's fine. Well, she's saying like halfway up the mountain, she was freaking out and everything. And she goes, I can't believe I'm doing this. What am I doing? So Jay says, I can drive your car back. So they walk us to the car, and of course. It's that like 2002 tan colored <laughs> Honda Accord. So I'm like, oh my God. I start looking around and I actually saw Jenna and I'm like, hey, you got a seat in your car? And she goes, no, we, we got all the seats taken. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> so we get in this old, old car that has like trash everywhere. And it's just like picture it right out of a movie, uh, the old days and the pizza guy driving the old box car or something like just. So now we're driving down the mountain and Jay has it in first gear because you put it in a low gear and we're doing like 4,000 RPMs trying to get the engine to slow the car down and he has to put his foot on the brakes for a while. We had to take like five stops to cool the brakes. The brakes were smelling so bad. It was like, I'm never scared of that road. And I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily scared, but I was thinking to myself, at one point, Jay's going to put the brake pedal down. It's going to go to the floor. Like this car is falling apart and I can't believe like it was the one time maybe I was just a tiny bit nervous Uh and I was like, my luck, I got that car and that ride and the woman apologized to us like 50 times. She apologized to Jay. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, I can't look out the window and she keeps looking at Jay's girlfriend, Sarah, and she's like, I'm sorry. I'm looking at you the whole time, but I can't look out the window. (laughs) Yeah, so that That, happened. That's a trip. That's a trip. Yeah. So. What's the grade on the auto road? It's steep. It is. At parts, it's steep. But it's it's not really the steepness. It's the view on the side, like a cliff. What is the Mount Washington Auto Road like? According to Wikipedia, the Mount Washington Auto Road, originally the Mount Washington Carriage Road, is a 7.6 miles toll road in southern Coos County, New Hampshire, that extends from New Hampshire Route 16 in Greensgrant. Doesn't tell you the grade, but uh, cool. It was constructed in 1861. Um, hmm. Here's the question. Is the Mount Washington Auto Road scary? 
It's a steep, <laughs> narrow mountain road without guardrails. The average if grade you're is going t- down it in a 2002 Honda Accord. Yes, the it is. average grade is 12 percent. Twelve. The, oh, the sign at the base states: If you have fear of heights, you may not appreciate this driving experience. <laughs> this woman obviously didn't read the sign. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, one year, one year they they were short on roadrunners. So they asked us, could we, you know, a couple of us leave our cars up top? So I drove my truck up top and got a ride down. And so did mm. a few others. Well, that was one of the years that the weather just is unpredictable up there. It like went from nice summer day to winter storm at the summit. And they Ooh. told us at 4 a.m. when we start, we can't start. They actually made crews that start at 2 o'clock turn around. Because the 2 o'clock crews are someone who will be like on a, a hand bike that you see at like the Boston Marathon. Yeah. So we're at the base of the mountain and apparently there's a storm up there. And I'm like, I need to get my truck. <laughs> I need to go nope. up there. No, you don't. So we waited till the afternoon when the weather turned. And then uh, my friend Kevin, my sister Hannah and I, we hiked up. And got in the truck and drove down. It was actually a pleasant experience. We hiked up the mountain on one of the legit trails, not the auto road. Uh-huh. And we drove nice. down. So, yeah. Okay, we're here for Erica's oh. Top Gun review. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Could not finish. What? I never finished it. I couldn't do it. Well, mostly I forgot which because we haven't been talking about it so i made it like an hour into it unbelievable unbelievable are you recording it of course (laughs) i got the music playing in the background i apologize to all the people who do like this movie but it just doesn't float my particular boat it is so incredibly cheesy i couldn't do it and i love cheesy shit but this just wasn't it wasn't my kind of cheesy shit (laughs) it's one of the best movies ever and it has the perfect amount of cheesiness and it's just everything the drama the music the action they kept playing the same songs over and over again the romance the same songs over and over yeah dude what what's that like i can't even remember what it is but once once you tell me that like the main danger zone oh well yes you lost that loving feeling that it? No, I feel like it was a different one. No, you lost that love and feeling. That's a big one. Well, that's the one they sing in the bar. This scene, though, right here. Okay, I guess it's my turn, isn't it? Twenty dollars. The bet is twenty. Oh, it's all ladies. It's the best. You have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time. I've always wanted to do this in a bar. On the premises. I don't have the what? singing well, voice, we though. Ta- <laughs> but we were talking about this the I other know, day. Just, uh, you were like, oh, did you get to the part where... You, I mean. Oh, whatever, what's her face, like, says, like, take me or... Uh, take me remember. to bed or lose me forever. That's the, that's the one. Literally, I played the movie, like, right after that, and that was the scene. I just did not make it to that particular line. It was, like, three seconds later. I was like, oh, so that's what he means Hold on, here that. we go. Excuse me, miss. Hey, hey, hey. Don't worry, I'll take care of this. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. 
This is perfect, like, 80s. This is awesome. You're trying hard not it's to show it, baby. <laughs> but, baby, believe me, I know it. You lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. You lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Your face there was hysterical. <laughs> we need to Can be a video rewind? podcast. Because I'm, I wanted to do a screen recording. <laughs> <laughs> I just started it now because I was like, ah, oh, do I know how to do that? Uh, <sighs> um, no, and when they're playing the piano, and hey, goose, you big stud, that's me, honey. Take me to bed or lose me forever. I mean, what a line! What a line! Uh, it's perfect. So such cheesy '80s movie stuff. I just you need I to just... promise me one day you'll finish this movie because it's a fantastic. You're only one hour in. It's a fantastic movie. It's not like two and a half hours, so you're halfway there. Mm-hmm. I think I have a date tomorrow night with my friend Brian. I got to call him. Yeah. You know what Brian and I are doing? Not seeing Top Gun, are you? <laughs> Again, Maverick. We're going to see Top Gun Maverick. Oh, you are. Oh, I guessed it. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. Him well, and I have... have somebody else to see it with because I can't finish the first one. I'm he sorry. and I have both already <laughs> seen the movie. Not mm-hmm. together, but we want to go see it together. We're going to go to the IMAX theater. So I got to figure that out and call him. Because uh, I bailed on him for two straight Tuesday nights, he works Tuesday. He works Tuesdays and Wednesdays his weekend. So, yep. So we're gonna go see Top Gun too, Maverick. It was a phenomenal movie. I mean, it is like the movie of the year. Top grossing, whatever it's doing. Like, I mean, shame on you for thinking it's too cheesy because it has the perfect no, amount the of cheese. The first one is. I think I would probably like the second one. The second one Hello, has the same seller. amount of cheese. <laughs> so you need to finish the first one, okay? Uh, Come on. I don't know. Ah, uh. oh, she's lost <laughs> it, Goose. She's lost it. Even- eventually. She's lost it, loving feeling, Goose. Just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, Erica. Hey, great episode. I'm really glad about the whole how the way the Mike Beeman thing turned out. What a cool story. Have him start thinking of more stuff to talk to us about, and we'll get him on again. Well, everybody, thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed our podcast, you can also follow us on Instagram at On the Runs. If you got anything you want to share, you can just send us a message there. But if you want, you can email us, and our email address is ontherunspod at gmail.com. And like I've always said, We'll do the TikTok thing one day. We'll get the Twitter thing going one day, but just stick to the gram for now. All right, everybody. Erica, you got anything else before we go? <sighs> nope. <laughs> you think Brandon's we'll see, finished with we'll dinner? We'll see you soon, next week. Yeah, you think I can't Bra- wait to record next week. You think Brandon's got dinner uh, ready downstairs? Well, he better because I left it down there and it's been like an hour. So <laughs> either I'm eating burnt pasta or he did a good job all right i I have faith in brandon fingers crossed for brandon doing a good job with the pasta it's not that hard to mess up guys all right he won't let me down he won't let me down all right we want a full pasta review (laughs) can do (laughs) all right well erica thanks again take us away don't forget to stretch
High five. <laughs> Do it one more time. High five. Wait. No, that's a. Ow. Hold on. <laughs> High five. Look at the elbow. <laughs>